0: That is a really great question. God, I appreciate it. Is Jesus my king? And I'm praying that all of us in this room today, that we would contemplate those words in a way that means something. That we would wonder about your kingdom in us, how your kingdom is coming through us, what that looks like. And that today that we would make space for you to show us what we haven't seen before and to come under the blessings of the kingdom as heirs and joint heirs of the grace of God, that we would feel a kingdom coming here today that Jesus, you would say words like, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is here. And God, I am praying that we would experience your kingdom here, not with mental assent, but in our bodies, in our very bodies on this day, that we would experience your kingdom coming. And it is in the name of King Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. So I know that, like, Kings and kingdoms are out of style, right? It just isn't something that we even think about anymore. But if you read your Bible, you're going to get confronted with this king language, this idea of ruling and reigning and God, you know, king over all the earth. And so let's just practice a little bit today, um, making space for God. So can we just say this there is a God, is a God. and it isn't, it isn't me? And turn to the person next to you and say, there is a God and it isn't you, in case nobody's told you yet today, right? And, and so it's really good to remember that, amen? Amen? It's really good, because we cannot fix everything. I don't know if you've noticed that. You cannot fix everything. You cannot make some things happen. You are not the king, and neither am I. And thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. But we are heirs and joint heirs, right? We are heirs and joint heirs. We are a part of a kingdom. This is what the Bible says. What does it mean to be an heir of a king? What does that mean? I'd mean, i like to try that out. You actually have a little um, index card on your seat today, and I just wonder if any time the Holy Spirit speaks something to you, God illuminates something to you about you being an heir of the king, that you'd write it down and begin to talk to God about it this week and say, God, I would like to live like an heir. Like, I belong to your family in a way that the kingdom is coming to me and through me. That is just, that, that I think could start our week off in a really good way. It could start us off in a way that we would say, you know what, there is a king and it's not me, but I am an heir of the king. And just get up in the morning, maybe even look in the mirror and go, yes, you are, you're an heir of the king. You might want to start with, you are not the king, right? (laughs) Say that to yourself first, but then you are an heir of the king. So this week, if you follow along with us in our book of common prayer, this week has been about the reign of Christ about King Jesus. And all week long, those of us who utilize this this prayer book, um, we've been looking at scriptures all about the kingdom and the king. And it's been awesome. I mean, something happens when you start to read words of life and you say, you know, I've read that scripture before, but today, today I'm reading it with fresh eyes. Or I've read that scripture before and I used to believe it and I'm not living like I believe it right now. Because any way that the Holy Spirit talks to us is good, whether you get disturbed by God or you actually get excited. I mean, disturbance is as good as excitement. Did you know that? Like when God disturbs me and says, Claire, you and I have not talked about this scripture for a really long time. How about we do that today? And then I say, well, I—I yes, you are the king and I am not right? And I am your heir. I am a joint heir of the grace of life. So this morning, we started out with the psalm that's in this book today, and it's Psalm 95. And I have to tell you, you know, if you start singing like that, you'll remember you're not the king. If we start reading scriptures like Psalm 95, we'll be like, oh yeah, there is a king. It's not me. I am not in control of the universe or even my cubicle at work. That God is with me, and I am an heir of the grace of life, and how does God want to be with me today? So let's read the scripture for um, transformation, not information, all right? Let's read the scripture together. We're going to go ahead and begin with, oh, we're calling this King of the Hill. Not that show. I've only seen like 30 seconds of it at a time and couldn't take it, and flicked right past it. But there is a King of the Hill, and the mountains, and the oceans... Psalm 95, let's read this together. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. And so just stop for a minute. What would it mean if God was your rock today? What would it mean if you actually took the time to shout to the rock of your salvation See, David wrote this psalm, and David had a lot of amazing things happen in kingdom life. He also had a lot of problems, and he had to learn how to shout to the rock of his salvation. So let's just think about that for a minute now. Now, now just read verse 1 silently and wonder about how you're doing with singing for joy, shouting aloud, and seeing God as your rock. Just notice without judgment, any disturbance, any illumination means that God is with us and loves us. You don't get convicted unless God loves you and is with you. So maybe pray a prayer around that verse and just ask God say, God, I would really like to grow in my singing to you, in my shouting. Allowed to you in seeing you as my rock. Let's read verse 2. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. And let's just pause for a minute. And let's wonder if there's anything else we have set up as little g... In our life, over the big G, God. Is there anything else that's getting more of our attention? And just say to God, forgive me, heal me, make me new. Verse 4, in his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. King of the mountain, king of the hill, God, creator, redeemer of all things. So I want to ask you, when was the last time you went outside? I know it's November, but when was the last time you went outside and took a look at something that you didn't make, but God did? A sunset, a cloud, a leaf, the, the beauty of, uh, you know, the, the fields that we live around. The beauty of the vastness of the landscape. And what might happen is, is if we would say, in his hands are the depths of the earth, the mountain peaks belong to him, the sea is his, for he had made it and his hands formed the dry land. We might just take a moment and just breathe right now and breathe in the awe of God. And then maybe you could make a date with God this week to go outside, just the two of you, to reflect on the beauty of God's own handiwork. King, Lord. Come. Let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So I'm just going to ask you to stand up for one minute if you're able. If not, you can do this in your own heart. And I just wonder what it would look like for us to bow to God. The one who made us. The one who's giving breath in our bodies. I, I'm wondering if some of you can even kneel before the Lord, your maker. If you're not physically able, that's fine. But if you are able and you are willing, kneel before the Lord, your maker. The one who made you, we did not make ourselves. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the, and the flock under his care. And today, if you, if only you would hear his voice. And even staying in a position where you're recognizing that God is God, do not harden your hearts. Scripture talks about as you did in Meribah, as you did in the day of your wilderness. There are times when we've hardened our hearts, God and we don't want to live with hard hearts. We want to live with open, willing hearts. Let us live with open, willing hearts. God, teach us how to bow down. Teach us how to kneel, at least in our own heart if we can't physically. Teach us how that when we remember you are God, we actually move into what we are heirs to that actually the kingdom starts to come to us when we let go of our own kingdom and say, you are God and I am not. Something really wonderful starts to happen. We actually start to live like the children who are heirs of this wonderful kingdom. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. God, on earth as it is in heaven, in every person's life here, So many of us have other kingdoms we're living in. I'm praying, God, that we can let your kingdom come and your will be done and that heirs and joint heirs all over this room would start to experience what is ours in the kingdom. Help us to practice humility. Help us to practice remembering who you are and that our hearts would be full of hope belonging to you as heirs and joint heirs of the grace of life. Amen. You can be seated. I don't know if you guys know about a guy named Bill W., uh, he's a different kind of hero. He was an alcoholic. He actually started AA. And I had the profound pleasure of speaking at the AA Gratitude Meeting last night. I got to share with a group of people who are really honest about who they are and about where they've been. And, and I always, um, anybody who's been around me, you know that I really believe that the 12 Steps um, are such a gift to all people. In fact, if you know anything about Bill Wilson, what happened was he was at the end of his rope. And he, um, his doctor told his wife, look, he's either going to get locked up, he's going to go insane, or he's going to die if he doesn't get off the alcohol. And, uh, and so Bill W. had this encounter with God, and I'm going to show you a short video, but he had this encounter with God, and he ended up starting the 12-step program. And do you know why there were 12 steps? Anybody know the answer, like why he chose 12? Anybody? Because of the 12 disciples, you guessed right. And what's awesome about that is that when we realize that he actually, when he, um, he got delivered from alcohol, he had this powerful encounter with God. It wasn't just about memorizing stuff. It was about an encounter with God. Will you play that video of Bill Wilson's interview?
1: When he went, I sunk into the most unbearable depression that I had ever known I suppose that momentarily at least the last vestige of my prideful obstinacy was crushed out I was just a child crying alone very alone in the dark for the extremity of this agony I can find no words, and then I remember crying out, if there is a God, will he show himself? And then came the miracle, the great central experience of my whole life. The room instantly lit up in a blinding glare of white, white light. I was seized by an ecstasy such as I had never known. It seemed to me that I then stood on a mountain top where a great clean wind was blowing. I thought to myself, "But this is not air. This is spirit. This is the God of the preacher." How long I remained in this state, I just cannot say. And again, I have no words to describe what it was like.
0: So you. Can- turn that off. This, there's a long interview. It's about an hour long. And what you need to know is that the 12 steps didn't start as rules. They started as an encounter on a mountain. Jesus was king of the hill right there with Bill W. I don't know if you remember Dr. King's words, I've been to the mountain. Sometimes the reason we have not experienced the kind of freedom in our lives, liberty in our lives is we haven't spent any time on the mountain you know we have a belief in god we have a profession of god but we haven't had an experiential encounter with god and god wants us to have an experiential encounter it really is the way that our lives are transformed and it isn't always as you know big as bill w is talking about here where He ends up on a mountain and there's a bunch of thin air and he knows he's breathing in spirit. I mean, those are kind of ecstatic encounters that, you know, when you've had one, you want to be really grateful that it is very otherworldly, but there are ordinary daily encounters that God wants to have with you because he's the creator of mountains. And when we bow down, we will meet the God of the mountain. As long as we're standing up on our own two feet thinking we can fix it on our own, we can make it happen on our own, we are the, you know, the captain of our own ship, right? We won't experience the God of the mountain. The only way we experience the God of the mountain is when we humble ourselves and say, I am not God. I want to worship. I want to become a worshiper. I love the 12 steps, If you could read this with me, in the blank part, there's the word alcohol, and I'm going to read it to you first, and then I'm going to ask you to read it with me. But you insert your own word, don't have to say it out loud, you know what you're addicted to. You might be addicted to power and control, approval and affection, security and survival, food, drink. It doesn't have to be substances, my friends. It can be you're addicted to your own way of thinking. And when people say, I'll say that to people, it's like, I'm not addicted to my own way of thinking. I say, just watch where your mind goes all day. You'll discover what you're addicted to. You'll discover. And so there's this place in this first part of the 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over blank. They say alcohol at AA, and that our lives had become unmanageable. Anybody ever feel like your life gets unmanageable? Watch where your attention goes. Because wherever our attention goes, that's the thing we're feeding into all the time. Wherever our attention goes, that is where our affection goes. That's where our connection goes. And so, can we say this, number one, together? We admitted we were powerless over that our lives had become unmanageable. And number two is really Psalm 95. Are you ready? Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Well, maybe some of us are more insane than others, but some of us really know what that means. We came to believe that a power greater than me could restore us to sanity could actually restore us, restore us, that we could be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that not just our thinking, but then our whole heart and body would follow because we're acknowledging that he is the great king over all the earth. Do you know why church is so powerful? Because you sang Alleluia today. Because you remembered there is God, and I am not God That when you read scripture about the earth is his, the sea is his, the mountains are his, you remember, you remember. Because the truth is, God created you and you knew that as a baby. You knew that. When you were first born, you were looking to your primary caregiver to continually give you the signals about how to feel about life. Did you ever notice that? Like little babies. I was with Ford this week and whenever I would go, shh all right. He would chill. Otherwise, he's like, (laughs) but when they can mirror someone who knows the way, they can calm down. When we mirror God, when we're looking at God and saying the earth is his, the seas are his, everything is, when we're, all of a sudden we get restored to sanity I'm like, oh my gosh! Yes, God, of course, God, of course, you're in charge. Of course, you're in charge of my life. I've made you Lord of my life. I'm making you Lord of my life again. So many powerful parts of the 12 steps. I think we should probably do a whole, a whole deal on it this year, um, because step four is my favorite. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Who does that? Christ followers should do that all the time. It's a way to stay free. It's like if I will do a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself, I can confess my sins and be healed. I can admit to God and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs. These are the steps they work. And I have to tell you, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have become sober because of the steps of AA. And the steps of AA are founded in Scripture. To confess your sins one to another and be what? Healed. Healed. That actually, when I am going to do a fearless moral inventory and I talk to somebody else that I can trust and say, here is the nature of my wrongdoing, I get free and become an heir and a joint heir of the freedom God has for me. So you're all like, Mom, I, maybe you don't think you're addicted. I promise you, everybody's addicted. You're all addicted. And there is a way for us to let go of what we're attached to, to attach to God. Let go of our way of thinking. Asking God to remove our shortcomings. Making a list of persons we've harmed. How about that? How about going to people and asking them to forgive us? Making direct amends with people wherever possible. Continuing to take a personal moral inventory and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. How about promptly that's fascinating. You know, one of the, one of the guys um, in AA, who's a dear friend of mine, said uh, yesterday, he said, you know, here's the deal, though. Sometimes it's not very prompt. Like, I slip, and I do it, and I say, but you catch yourself, and you can return more quickly than you ever have because you're paying attention to where your thoughts are going. You, you are being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So many things we could say about the 12 steps, But here's what Augustine said. He said, love God and do what you want. Now, some people like to get rid of this and say, there's no way you could say that to people. The whole world would start sinning. No, here's what happens. When you love God, what you do is good. Like when your attention can go to loving God and, and saying, God, you are my God, then all of a sudden we can promptly decide not to do that thing we were about to do. Turn on that show we shouldn't turn on. Look at that stuff we shouldn't look at. Take that drink. Smoke that thing. Say that deal. Kick the dog. Whatever it is for you. I mean, Scott and I are seriously talking about the way Jesus is forming his, himself in us right now is through our dog. That dog. Nobody can get Scott madder than the dog. I mean, even when the dog is getting hot dogs with the pills in the hot dog, she will get the hot dog out from around the pill and spit the pill out. It's like, dude, do you know how much you cost eating our hot dogs and not getting your pills? And the dog needs Xanax. I mean, Xanax, we're using Benadryl, but if you have a supplier that I can get some Xanax for the dog, I would really appreciate it. But the dog is developing Christ in us because we would, I mean, we could kick that dog very easily on, on many occasions. It's just, I mean, the dog hurts you. She's so out of control. She comes running up. She steps on you. Your nerve pain shoots through your body. I mean, it's just like, this dog, come out, Satan, in Jesus' name. And yet we know that that God is forming the character of God in us, and that when we love God, we can do what we want. It's because God loves this little beast, <laughs> Beelzebub. <laughs> God loves this beast. And actually, she's a she's a good dog. She's a very good dog. I'm confessing it, she's a good, good dog. But the reality is, is that when we're remem- remembering we love God and we do what we want, what we want is really what we want because we're connected to God. We'll start speaking to people the way that we really want to speak to them. That when we leave their presence, we say, oh my gosh, I just gave, I gave God. I, I didn't give my flesh. I didn't give my ego. I didn't push it cling to it, make it. I I just gave God. And isn't that the best feeling ever when you can experience that? Because you and I are made in the image and likeness of God. I want to invite you to listen to Coach Carter, uh, his teammates.
2: Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were all meant to shine as children do. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Sir, I just want to say thank you. You saved my life.
1: Thank you, sirs. All of you.
0: Let's pray together. It does not serve you, God, that we play small, that we hide our light, that we hide the truest thing about us, that we are made in God's image and likeness. It does not serve the greater good for us to give way to addictions. It does not serve us to let go of the brilliant nature of God. We are not heirs when we let go of what is most true about us, that we are heirs and joint heirs. It does not serve us to get attached to other things other than you that whenever our attention starts leading us down a wrong path, we want to remember whose we are and the kingdom we belong to. God, would you help us? Would you help us to remember to bow down, to honor you, that maybe the first thing we could do in the morning, as it's been suggested, is get down on our knees and reach under our bed for our slippers and stay there a little while, that we'd learn to bow our hearts and say that you are God and we are not, you are king, that our attention would move right to what is most true, that we're heirs of the kingdom. us to shout to the Lord. Teach us to bow down. Teach us to see that the seas are yours, the earth is yours, the sky is yours, the babies that we hold are yours. The relationships that we have belong to you. That any strength you've given us in hands and feet to do our work, that we bring the kingdom when we're joined with you. That when we say that you're our Savior and our Lord, that we actually open up space to shine so brightly. That when we're trying to prove ourselves, that we dim our light. But when we open up to what is most true, God, will you help us? And will you remind us what we're clinging to that keeps us from that light? That has us choosing words that are not life-filled and ways that are not life-filled. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from every evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Let it be true of us, God. Let us be kingdom people all week long. That, God, we would love you and do what we want. And that your kingdom would come. That we would love you first thing in the morning, last thing at night. And that all night long, I pray for the dreams of the people in this church. That when they lay their head on the pillow, that at night, they would dream of kingdom things. That their minds would not be given over to anything but your purposes. That God, when they put their feet on the floor, they would shod their feet with the gospel of peace. That they would take the peace of this kingdom everywhere they go. That they would put on the belt of truth. That there would be this ability for us to walk in the way and the truth and the life. That we would have on The breastplate of righteousness, that being made right by you, God, that we would walk with this kind of kingdom heart protection that we belong to you. We pray, God, that you would put on us the helmet of salvation, that our mind would go toward all that salvation brings in your kingdom, that we would take up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart every lie of the evil one and that we would pick up the sword which is the word of God and God that your word would be so living and active on the inside of us that your kingdom would come we your people heirs and joint heirs bless my friends this week with that imagery of your kingdom everywhere they go let them be just followed Haunted the days and nights with every good gift of the kingdom. And everywhere they go, everywhere we go, God, let your kingdom come. Let us lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God, let us speak words of knowledge and life and health over people. God, let the gifts of your spirit come alive in your people. That your young ones would see visions and your old ones would dream dreams. And that your spirit would come and empower each one to prophesy in your name. We pray these things for your kingdom's sake. Let your kingdom come. Amen. Everybody have a kingdom week. Amen? Go ahead, tell somebody have a kingdom week.